Welcome to the What's That podcast. My name is Ernie Stone. And I am Thomas Hebert. We'd like to thank you for joining us today. Hi, welcome back. This time it has not been seven and a half months. That was the most overjoyed welcome you've ever had. That is all the joy. Not just in the podcast either. Right, Right. This is the most excited you have ever been talk to people i don't know that i can hit that note i hit on high ever again in life so um, it's impossible that's good to know so it's only been two weeks it's only been two weeks you had it's a big deal class last week yep which is in my book an okay excuse i figure (laughs) we could have had you come to like our excuse uh, us professor we have important (laughs) things to do here in the middle of your class um yeah, so we are here today. We're talking about salvation and the yes. assurance of salvation and the assurance of other people's salvation. Right. So we we had a, a question. We we had que- questions submitted in the strangest way. This one was via Marco Polo, right? Um, from Amy Law, who goes to our church, and uh, she asked. Actually, it's a really, really good question. I think it's probably a struggle that every single Christian has. Um, Correct. Can we be assured of our salvation? Can we know for sure that we are saved? And then kind of the the added on that that you referred to there is um, also, I think, a really important question. Can we be assured of other people's salvation? And... There's a lot of way of ways of thinking about that. You know, I'm I'm imagining when Allie and I get older, we would like to be somewhat assured of our kids' right. salvation. Or, um, you know, if if we're hiring somebody on at New Horizon, we'd like to have some assurance of their salvation. Right. So, uh, is that possible? Those are kind of the two questions that we're dealing with today. Right. So we can just give one-word answers and be done. It'll be a <laughs> two-minute and fifteen-second podcast. That sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't... So which which direction do we want to take this to begin with? Because there's a lot of maybe rabbit trails that we can address. Okay, let me start here. Yep. Um, when I hear of people doubting their salvation, their own salvation, their own salvation. That's where we'll start. Yep. Um. I immediately jumped to the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Yep. 21, 23. Let me read it real quick yep. so that everyone knows it. Um, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy, prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many many mighty works in your name? It's many a bit of a tongue works. <laughs> Uh, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Right. Um, that's, so it, it is possible. Like, that's a terrifying right. passage in of itself. Like, if you take it out of right. context. Oh, yeah. There. That's one of those, like, you wake up at 2 a.m. and it just happens to come into your mind. You're like, I'm just not going to sleep the rest of the night. <laughs> right. But the point being made here is it is very possible for people to believe themselves to have faith. Actually, it's kind of the the opposite of what we're asking. It right. is possible for people to have assurance of salvation without actually right. having and salvation in the wrong. first place. Like, that's Oh. Now everyone is doubting salvation. Right. Every single person. 
And on the the, I think the other thing to be learned from from such a passage like that, where it talks about the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, um, there's more to saving faith than a statement of belief. Right. Um, anybody, uh, follower of Jesus, non-believer, atheist, agnostic, other person from another religion, anybody can say, "Yes, I believe in Jesus." Right. Um. The question is, we get into the book of James, you know, faith without works is dead. Is there fruit uh, that comes from that statement of belief, from the the belief that has uh, taken place in, in one's heart, that saving faith, right. right? So there has to be fruit visible. Correct. Okay, where, where were you going to take that? Um, I was just going to say there's, um, as I kind of looked through this, there was a couple of things that kind of showed their their heart um, when they said, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of put themselves before God, um, which I've read a couple of times and I was like, eh, maybe it's that's worth talking about. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. I'd never read it that way. I don't think I ever did either. Which so is, focusing on works. Right. Very, very focused as opposed on to works. Being saved by grace. Right. Um, which I think, well, I know we both are very staunch. On right. It. We are saved by grace and grace alone. Right. Um, I actually have that written down somewhere here. <clears throat> it's pretty important. It, it is very important. <laughs> saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Correct. For the glory of God alone. That's right. We just didn't have sola scriptura in there. We know by scripture alone. <laughs> that <laughs> um, yeah, I actually have sola deo gloria written on. I have a whiteboard. Where I write things that I don't need to forget, like at your house, yeah, yeah, or at Walmart. No, not at Walmart. Or- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I literally put it up like last week or maybe the week before. Okay, and that's the one thing that's written on top that stays there. It's an important thing to remember, right? For the glory of God. And then alone. I translated it just in case I forget what it <laughs> what it means. In case your Latin hasn't been brushed up on lately. <laughs> Okay, we went Goodness. down a rabbit trail right yep. away. You're already getting us there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's kind of where anytime I hear anyone doubting salvation in any way, kind of that's where your mind goes. That's where my mind goes. Yep. Um, so let's let's let that take us in a little bit different of a direction. Then um, I would claim so. This is our roundabout way of getting to our answer of, can I be assured of my salvation? Right. Um, I believe that God desires for us to be assured. Uh, that I, I think scripture is pretty clear. In fact, that's why there are these promises of, you know, in, in the gospel of John, none can take you from my hand right. and stuff like that. Because um, we ought to have in our heart, in some measure assurance that we are children of God. And if we don't have that assurance, then likely we will not behave as children of God. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, to me. Huh? <laughs> Let us know if it doesn't Let make us- sense. <laughs> Comment on our Facebook page. We'll just be a bunch of comments about that. Nope, no clue what they're talking about. And by talking that time, about. we'll forget. So we'll like, what are they talking about? We have to go back and listen to it. So we believe God uh, desires for us to be assured. Uh, The problem is, I don't know of any Christians who have this 100% complete assurance. Um, 
I was reading, John Calvin said the following. He said, we cannot imagine any certainty that is not tinged with doubt or any assurance that is not assailed by some anxiety. Believers are in perpetual conflict with their own unbelief. And I, I think that's a pretty accurate statement right. from his institutes. Um, I actually read that in that article. See, you did read this. I, I'd skim through it. It's What's... because it's Kevin DeYoung. It's wonderful. And it was like 800 pages. It was four. Four pages. Two front and back. <laughs> 800. 800. Um, yeah, I'm not, we're going to even get to that. Um, also... Um, John MacArthur. That's a good name to that drop. That's a good name to drop. Um, he calls assurance of salvation, and I don't know where this is coming from. This is just a quote I have written okay. down that I want to say. I like it. Uh, assurance of salvation, the birthright and privilege of every true believer in Christ. Um, so, do you, if, do you think he means one hundred percent assurance? No, I I think John MacArthur's smart enough to know that. <laughs> do you think John MacArthur? Ever. Has 100% assurance. Right. Or does he doubt? Right. He's got to doubt. He has to. I don't know. What? Where were you going to go with that? I just wanted I, to put the quote in there. Okay. But, like, assurance and salvation is a... It's something that ought to belong to us. Right. And it's, it's a gift from Christ. Right. Absolutely. So, here's then where I think this naturally takes us. What are the threats to our assurance? When, when we think about, can I be assured of my salvation? Can I be assured of my saving faith? What is it that is causing us to doubt? I have a list. There sir. we go. Good. Um, from Donald S. Whitney. Oh, I love right. Don Whitney. Uh, for those of you who don't know, professor of biblical spiritu- spirituality. spirituality, thank you, oh. at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. If I was going to do a doctor of ministry... They kind of started talking me into it at Lincoln last week, right. but I would love to go to uh, study with Don Whitney down yeah. in Louisville. He's a stud. He is. Family worship. Go read that book, everybody. It's um, wonderful. He gave six ideas on doubting salvation. Like okay. Six ideas why we would doubt salvation. Okay. Um, they're kind of lengthy, so bear with me as I try to read for, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't read two pages of an article, so this could be interesting. Um, number one. Uh, doubting assurance is not the same as experiencing unbelief. A person can have a strong, vibrant faith in Jesus Christ while still feeling some level of doubt. We must not make doubt and unbelief synonymous terms, lest a person fill his brief periods of doubt, indicate serious unbelief in in his heart. Unbelief presupposes a denial of many important points of doctrine. Doubt is merely uncertainty about such doctrines. Okay, so I I really appreciate that. I think from what I'm hearing, the point that he's trying to make is we're not meant to have this, am I saved, am I not saved, am I right. saved, am I not saved, am I saved. And what causes us to do that is when in our faith we have moments of sin, and I would say we start to doubt the power of salvation. Right. Um, and so... Yeah, there there are moments of unbelief in our life, but those are not. Uh, I have to be careful how I say this. Those are not meant to be a detriment to our assurance. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Is that the point that he's trying to make? 
Yeah, I mean, that and make sure that you know that doubting something does not mean you don't believe in it. True. Like, if I doubt that this chair can hold me, I mean, I'm still sitting on the chair. At some point, I still believe in it, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Number two. Number two. Uh, there are many causes of doubt. We can doubt because of attacks, the attacks of Satan, because of trials or difficult circumstances, because of sin in our lives, or even mental or physical condition. Doubt is not necessarily brought about by overwhelming sin in our life. So hmm. the things we do can cause doubt. Um, we take a look at our life. Right. The habitual sins we go through. Uh, that's a line from uh, Gangster's Paradise. Just took me back to Coolio. Sorry. Yes, we we take a look at the uh, the moments of fallenness. Right. Um, is that ever a good thing? Like, <clears throat> for a person who questions their salvation, and maybe they are not... In a, well, I guess that's a whole other topic altogether. That's presupposing a a lack of relationship with Christ. Right. Whereas I think we're talking more from the perspective of a believer of Jesus Christ. Um, Correct. Okay. Okay, go ahead. All right, number three. Spiritual immaturity may contribute to doubt. With greater maturity comes a greater understanding of God and our position before him through Jesus' atoning death. Thus, we would generally expect doubts to decrease as a person grows in spiritual maturity. I think that's a really important point. Um, One of my big things that I keep having written down over and over and over again in my notes is we have to take the focus off of us. If we have our focus on ourselves, then we are constantly going to be in doubt. Correct. And we will have no sort of assurance because we continue to sin. Um, But the more mature we grow in our faith, the more we understand the capability of God to save us and to sanctify, that's the fancy church word, but to change us into the likeness of his son. Correct. Right. And once we realize that, once we understand that grace is actually what saves us, it takes a lot of the pressures off that kind of cause doubt. Like, yeah, I, there's nothing. There's literally nothing I can do to save myself. Right. Um, you just gotta believe. That's where yep. faith comes in. And I can, agree. We can go over the five solas all day <laughs> if we want, but well, four of them because mm-hmm. scripture is hard to throw in there. Right. Okay. I like it. <laughs> all right. Four. Um, sensitivity to sin may cause confusion about assurance. Believers. Um, hmm. through their reborn hearts are blessed with a greater sensitivity to sin. This heightened understanding of the gravity of sin may lead Christians and perhaps young Christians in particular to doubt. Yet it should be noted that this increased understanding of sin is actually a mark of the spirit's work in a person's heart. What a study. That is what a, a really important <laughs> point to make. So it's almost, uh, it's almost the reverse of what you would think it would be. Right. As we grow in maturity in Christ, we also grow in our awareness of sin, not only in the world, but in ourselves. 
and we understand the weight of that sin right. and the magnificent, I use magnificent not as like a, a good thing, but a big thing, right. the magnificent penalty of that sin, the, the wages Correct. of sin. Um, and so you would think that the more you grew in your understanding of that, the more you would doubt your salvation. However, the hopefully points three and four are happening simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. The more you grow in your understanding of sin, the more you grow in your understanding of grace and salvation and faith and and as we said earlier, the capability of God to save us. Right. That is huge. I like that point a lot. Like just the like the way it's worded, like the the magnitude of that point, I'm just mm-hmm. like I'm gonna go take my doctorate with this guy. <laughs> it's gonna skip over lots of years of school. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I read an article by you. This Can one I study point in this article. <laughs> oh, that is great. All right, point all right, number five. Um, five. It's all going to be downhill from here. Right. I guarantee you points five and six are not as good as that one. I mean, really just shut the podcast right. off at this point. I know it. Um, I agree. All right. Um, maybe not. Five. Comparisons with other believers may cloud assurance. Mm. Comparing oneself to other believers may emphasize the immaturity of a person's faith. We must understand that people mature only with great effort and over a great amount of time. It is often mm. unrealistic to compare oneself with a believer who is far more mature. That I think is about ninety percent. That that's very true. Doubt in the American church. We look at each other. What's even more scary is we look at Christ, right? And we recognize our fallen. Boy, these points just all kind of interweave and right. That's a. I've got hand motions going on here that nobody's <laughs> able to see. They interlock with each other. Just imagine two waves coming right. together. <laughs> it's true. It's all the same water. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Don, Don Whitney's a stud. Uh, number six. Last one, and I will stop reading stuff. <laughs> uh, childhood conversion may affect assurance. A person who is converted mm. as a child may feel that he was deceived when he made his decision. He may feel that his decision is somehow less meaningful because Christianity is all he ever knew. It's a really good point, too. And probably something that a lot of people face. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's why you see the max mass exodus of kids once they hit college leaving the church. Yeah. Because they're, they're shown, I don't want to say shown, because they kind of see it, but they're allowed to live this non-Christian life. Hmm. And no matter what, They're given fun. the opportunity right. to have that freedom. Sin, right. Greg said this yesterday in small mm-hmm. group with the high schoolers. Sin is fun. For he a told high bit. schoolers that for a little Greg. bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he, I mean, he's not wrong. Sin is fun for a little bit. You know, they're all leaving that small group, and they're like, "What kind of fun are we missing out on?" <laughs> no, we had a long, lengthy conversation <laughs> about it. Uh, that's awesome. But it is. It is. Right. That, that's an important point to make. That's why our kids keep doing it. Right. That's why you see them leave when they hit college and then thirties, yep. they're married, they have a kid or two, you see them come back to the church because it's it's not it's not everlasting joy. Right. Um, which is what you get from Christ with finding a lot of things falling short. Right. Well, those are great. And I had three points and they were all Yeah enveloped in 
those six points. So <laughs> I'm not the man Donald Whitney is. Um, is there anything else to add? Anything else about what threatens our assurance? It's, I was thinking about this. Satan is the deceiver. Right. Meaning Satan works hard at causing us to doubt our assurance. Right. At causing us to not live in an assurance of salvation. And then you partner that with our own sinfulness, our own flesh. Right. There's a lot working against us here. And that's probably why I would say this side of heaven, there probably is no 100% assurance. Correct. Because there's, we're just so keenly aware. I don't think we can 100% have faith in Christ's salvation. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think because of our sin holding us back, I don't think it's possible for us to fully grasp God's love for us and to fully grasp what was accomplished on the cross right. and the resurrection. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I mean, like I, I understand, or I get that my understanding of those things is limited. Mm-hmm. I don't know what percentage I'm at, maybe <laughs> four. Uh, <laughs> and so because of that, that causes doubt. Right. If I had a perfect understanding of Christ's sacrificial atonement on my behalf, I'd be a lot more assured. You'd, you'd be in heaven. Right, exactly. Like, how... how One day. How brilliant is that going to be? That, right. Anyways. I was just... Actually, I'll take us on one qu- quick little rabbit trail. I was in a class last week, and we had a professor there who knew Dr. Kirka, who okay. was one of the professors there past right. uh, in the past year. Um. And Dr. Shaw said that when Dr. Kirko was within the last week of his life and knew that it was coming to an end, um, Dr. Shaw was talking to him, and Dr. Kirka said, I am so close to having all of these questions answered, and I will have nobody to tell. <laughs> and it's interesting because everybody already, ne- you right, know what I right. mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just this... Huh. recognizing the limitations of, of yeah. our knowledge. Um, so maybe if, if I can turn us then in a new direction, okay. what if I don't feel assurance? So we're going to have these moments because we likely will not experience 100% assurance. What do we do in the times in which we, we have that doubt? Does that make sense? Right. Um, you read First John five thirteen. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Mm. Very simple. That you may know that. That's right. the purpose that for that being written. That. Correct. Um, oh, I love that. So read First John. Right. Really, and this is one of the points I had. Remember the promises of Scripture. Right. Um, that's one of the things Kevin DeYoung was talking about. He was like continually go back to scripture over and over and over again, because that's where the promises of God are. Right. And so if we want anything that's going to give us any sort of assurance, it's only going to be in the word of God. Um, This is the way Kevin DeYoung said it. And I love this. The truth of Christ occupies our minds, 
The promises of Christ comfort our souls, the beauty of Christ stirs our affections, and the commands of Christ move our spirits. All that comes through Scripture. Right. Through knowing it, through reading it, through memorizing it, and through spending time in it. So scriptura. Right. Hey, we worked it in. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one answer. Right. Do you want me to go with a couple others that I had? You go, and I'll okay. tell you when you're wrong. Okay. That's, <laughs> that is what I need. Biggest one, we've already talked about this. Take our side off of ourselves and place it on Christ. Correct. Uh, one of the things that I found really important in, in a few of the articles that I was reading, uh, it talked about there is no measure to uh, the saving grace, the saving belief uh, through which we experience the grace of Christ. So it's not that if you only believe like 20%, then you're not saved. But if you believe 25%, then you are saved. Right. And so that's why I think scripture is so big on this idea of just keep your gaze on Christ. Um, we are not saved by the strength of our faith. We are saved by the object of our faith regardless of the amount of faith that we have available to us to place in that object. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we don't measure our faith. Instead, we measure the significance of Christ. Right. Okay. Anything you need to add to that? Was I wrong? No, you're good. Yes. Uh, prayer is a, yeah. a really significant part of this. Um, Trying to think of if there was anything. It, it, this is what the Psalms are. The <laughs> yeah. Psalms are, you know, I, I think of, we, we did that series at the Hype uh, a few years ago, probably right before Oscar came on, actually, um, in Psalm 13. And it was that idea of how long, O oh Lord, are you going to allow this to happen to me? Um, a lot of those Psalms are, my my faith is gone, God. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's David or different psalmists asking the question, how long will this remain? How long will I feel like this? And so I, I think that's an example. Uh, we will not cure our own unbelief. The only right. thing that will is God. And so we ought to be talking to God about our unbelief. Whereas oftentimes our unbelief causes us to create distance between us and God. Right? right. Okay. Hmm. Um, and the last thing that I had uh, is we would call them our two sacraments that we uh, practice in, in the Protestant church, communion and baptism. We do not believe that, uh, you know, that these are works by which we are saved. Right. Um, because we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. Uh, but this is the point of receiving the body and blood of Christ right. um, on a weekly basis for us, sometimes more. Uh, it's to remember the sacrifice that was made on our behalf. Um, and, and we ought to live in light of what baptism has accomplished for us, knowing that we have been buried and raised with Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, 
this was really important. Kevin DeYoung said, Dear struggling Christian, partake of the Lord's table and be reminded that not only did Christ die for sinners, but Christ died for you. Um, baptism serves the, same, the Christian in the same way. As the water flowed over your head, so surely as you were washed, had to turn a page, in the blood of the Lamb. As you entered the waters of baptism, so as surely you are united with Christ in his life, death, and resurrection. So we're supposed to live in light of those truths and those in light of those practices. Right. Which is really weird because Kevin Young's a Presbyterian. Right. So infant baptism. Infant baptism. Right. Well, we'll ignore that part. We'll, we'll <laughs> let that slide, Kevin. Because you wrote such a good article here. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I think that all of those things are meant to strengthen our faith, are meant to strengthen our assurance yeah. um, that we have been saved and that God could have actually saved us. Good stuff. That's probably the biggest problem. Our, our lack of assurance is often a lack of faith in God. It's, I'm still this way. Could God actually have saved me? I always go with, why would God save me? Right, absolutely. Yeah. Same thing. It boils right. down to the same thing. But those are very... Right. Those are hard questions to deal with. Right. Um, I really like... I, I think that as believers in Christ, Mark 9, uh, the guy comes with his son, demon-possessed, uh, comes to Jesus, and um, he literally... I don't remember what verse it is or anything. Mark nine twenty four. Uh, he says, I believe, help my unbelief. In the same moment, he says, I believe in you, but he also recognizes that he's got unbelief in his heart that he right. would like to be rid of. And I think that should be a prayer for a lot of Christians. That That, that is. Um, and I mean, you said it in, in your list here, prayer is the key. And right. knowing what to pray for leads to scripture. You need to know. Right. God to know what to pray for, to know. Right. It all blends together. Yep. And we ought to be looking for fruit in our lives. Absolutely. We ought to not probably be saying that my works are, well, we we shouldn't be saying (laughs) that my works are saving me, but we ought to be looking for, do I think about sin differently than I did before? Yeah. Do I, am I exhibiting um, life that is displaying the fruit of the spirit more than I was before. You know, we have to ask those questions, um, but that can't be the end of it because that's placing the focus back on ourselves instead of in Christ. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, the Holy spirit's what dwells inside of us that should give us assurance. Right. Um, try your best to, let the spirit lead and yep. be absolutely I think your assurance will then dwindle at that point. Or your your assurance. <laughs> <laughs> How do we cut that out? <laughs> oh no, that stays it. Your doubt will dwindle yes, at that point. Your doubt will. Um, I, I agree completely. So then we have this second question. I don't think this one will take as long. Right. Uh it better not at least. Uh, <laughs> can I have assurance that others are saved? Um, I don't think it's our job. Right. Um, it's hard to judge someone with what little bit of interactions we actually have with people. Right. In the grand scheme of things, 
the time even like you and I have spent together mm-hmm. very limited. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you're saved. Right. Um, there's, there's severe limitations on our understanding of other people. Right. Um, not only are we not always seeing all of their fruit, so right. we may have one interaction with them for an hour, one week, and we see some pretty detrimental behavior and <laughs> sinful behavior, but we're not seeing, I don't know how many hours are in a week, but the rest of that week, you know what I mean? Right. We're not seeing how they are with their parents or with their spouse or with their children or anything like that. Um, and we can't read their minds, which makes judging a person's fruit very difficult. Right. Um, because some of, some of the fruit of the Spirit uh, takes place in our belief and and how that then drives our practices, and we're just not privy to that information. Um, correct. Like, I mean, you mentioned the fruits of the Spirit. Right. I mean, that is kind of a guide to, I don't want to say judge people on, but kind of a guide to when you're looking at someone, are right. they exhibiting these right. attributes of God? Um, and you may never have the, the full answer right. of, yes, I am 100% assured. If I'm not even 100% assured of my own, <laughs> then I'm not going to be assured of somebody else's. Right. Um, and so in those cir- circumstances I brought up earlier about, you know, your children or hiring somebody or um, I've even been thinking about this lately, like there will come a time when my children want to get married and you know, you, you kind of start to look at the person that they're interested in and just start asking some of these questions. Are they exhibiting fruit of the spirit, stuff like that. Right. But we have to understand the limitations of that. Um, and I, I don't want to say if you see, um, what am I trying to say here? If you see major sin in their life, don't be like, well, I don't know their heart. Like, you're as as a Christian if they are professing Christian. Christian. Uh, he just hit a button on his computer and it made his voice go just like that. Uh, if, you, if they are a professing Christian, then you you absolutely should help keep them accountable gently, um, lovingly. Right. Yep. Yep. Not. I mean, with the fruits of the spirit, not with the way Thomas would do things and <laughs> kick down a door or something. I don't. That's had a great mental image of that. Here, I did think about one thing with this. We can likely be much more confident about someone's lack of salvation. And what I mean by that is somebody says, I do not believe on the name of Christ. I do not, you know. So that I think we could be assured of. If somebody, people don't accidentally find their way into salvation, if that makes sense. It's, It's miraculous, but there's like this big argument out there about are, are there in existence people who are saved without knowing it? And I, I just think if there's no Christ, then no. Right. And, and I think that we as believers and uh, people who trust in the word of God were able to say that, you know, if somebody does not believe on the name of Christ, um, if, if the spirit is not at work in them, then we can be confident to say that is a person who needs the gospel um, to be saved. Everybody needs the gospel continually in their lives. (laughs) But so that was just one interesting thought that I had. It's a lot more difficult to say somebody is saved than it is to say they are not saved because they've made it clear to me. I would agree with that. Right. 
So I I don't know. I I hope that kind of did we cover your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it was just my opinion. It's right. fine. I don't. It's hard. I was the question I was having literally as I was walking down the hallway to come down here is did Peter and Paul in their time in Acts did they ever call out unbelief in people who were proclaiming to be saved? And all those sermons, you know what I mean? Right. I, I know Jesus did, calling people brood of vipers, whitewashed yeah. tombs, you know, stuff like that. But I'm trying to think if any believers were actually able to do that. And I, I can't think off the top of my head of any where, um, you know, one of the followers of Christ would say to somebody, you profess faith in God, but you are not a believer. I can't think of any. Right. They always they always <clears throat> pinpointed their like actions. Mm-hmm. You say you're a believer, but you're doing you're this. doing this right. You say you're a believer, you're doing that right. Um, and I, I mean, I think that right there tells you everything about us trying to judge other people's yep. salvation, or yep. assurance, and blah blah blah. Um, it, we're not supposed to do it. Right. It's not our job. Um. It's fun to try to do <laughs> for Until a little you get bit. get too hung up on it, right? right. I mean, it's like, so, it's so like it's Greg sin. with sin, right? Yeah, it's fun for a little bit. <laughs> then you're like, "This is pretty miserable." <laughs> All I'm doing is focusing on their sin. Oh man! Uh... So hopefully, uh, Amy, hopefully that at least maybe got some thoughts. Uh, it's caused me to think a lot more about it than. Yeah than I have before. So, uh, Amy, thank you for that question. And, um, we look forward to listening to your Marco Polo and figuring out the other three questions that we're supposed to be answering. (laughs) Uh, what else do we need to close with? Um, if you guys have questions or comments on this episode, um, I think the Facebook page is going to be the easiest. I think so too. Um, so if you're not part of the Facebook page, just search for what's that podcast. Yep. Um, if they join it, do we have to approve? I don't feel like we do. I, I don't remember. Let us know if you can't find it and we'll <laughs> add you. Right. Um, also, so. Uh, but you can still email us at what's that pod at gmail.com. You forgot the Gmail. No, I was so time. focused on pod versus cast again. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, call us, text us, whatever. Marco, Marco Polo. Polo us. <laughs> Uh, we would love to uh, get feedback from you on our on our episodes, but also if you have questions, if you have things that you would just like to hear uh, being talked about, we'd love to um, know what's on your mind as well. <clears throat> Is that it? I mean, this this had to have been like a big topic. We pulled out the big guns. We did. A little bit of John MacArthur. John Calvin. John Calvin. Kevin, Kevin DeYoung. Young, Don Whitney. Don Whitney. I even read a John Piper article and I, I didn't too. even quote him. Was it yes, this one? Yes, it was that one. And it I was, was like, a great uh, article. <laughs> I get it, but I already have all that Right, it's the stuff like... that we're already saying. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We hope yeah. you guys have a great week and we'll try to be back in the next week or two. Absolutely. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.